but we ought not ever get tired of talking about our salvation, amen? And uh, oftentimes through the epistles, uh, the Apostle Paul would give his testimony of how he was saved, and uh, we ought to do the same thing. Uh, the most, it's the, the greatest thing that will ever happen to the human soul is to be saved, amen? And uh, the next greatest thing that will happen to the human soul is when we get to see Jesus Christ face to face. Uh, before you could do that, you got to be saved. And uh, so take your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're going to be looking at one verse. The title of the message this morning is, Do You Know That You Have Eternal Life? And we'll stand and read here in just a second this one verse. Uh, but I want to just kind of, you know, get you to understand this isn't a, a uh, Bible verse to get you to doubt uh, your salvation. Uh, but it is a, a, a message that is designed uh, that we have our assurance of salvation. You know, uh, talking to people often, uh, they're just not sure about salvation, not sure uh, if they're saved. And, um, hey, listen, we need to have our assurance of salvation. If, if we're not sure that we're going to, if we're not sure that God's going to take us to heaven someday, um, you're not really going to be able to be very faithful to him. You see what I'm saying? In other words, we have to have that anchored down and know that we belong to him. And so this message certainly not designed to try to get you to doubt your salvation. Uh, but uh, those that might be struggling with that, those that might, there are some that actually believe that you can't have your assurance of salvation. And so I just want to uh, comfort your hearts and your souls this morning uh, with this message on, do you know that you have eternal life? And we're going to turn to a verse of scripture, First uh, John, not the Gospel of John, but the Epistle of First John, back toward the back of the Bible. And when you find all that, go ahead and stand with me, if you will, in reverence to the Word of God. If you're physically able, if you're not physically able, I sure understand. But First John chapter five, just going to read one verse. We'll be turning to some others as well. But First John chapter five, verse thirteen. Now notice what uh, John says. Now it's under important to understand the context of this whole epistle. And he's talking to believers. I want to say that again. He's talking to believers. He's talking to those that are saved. And he says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may... What's that next word? Now, I don't know about you, but no means no, right? To know. That ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the Word of God this morning. And, Father, I just pray now that you'll speak to our hearts. And, uh, Father, as we even prayed earlier, that your Holy Spirit will roam these pews and these aisles. And, Father, that you'll speak to each and every one of us here today. Lord, it would be a tragedy for somebody to leave here still lost. Father, it would also be a shame for maybe someone that's struggling in some area of life to leave here the same way they come in, to leave here with unfinished business with you. And so, Father, I hope and pray that we all um, uh, understand that we're here for the next few minutes for this one purpose, and that is to hear what you have to say to us. And, Father, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. Do you know that you have eternal life? Really, our title, you know, in the form of a question, as, as I mentioned a while ago, it is a very important question, probably the most important question that could be uh, asked to a human being. And as I mentioned a while ago, there's a lot of confusion about what it is to be born again. In other words, to be saved, um, uh, to have eternal life, uh, to know that you're going to go to uh, heaven someday. 
And it's amazing to me talking to different people. I actually had several conversations this week with folks, whether it be just, you know, out visiting or, or at the gas station or what have you. I, I try to talk to people about the Lord as much as he gives me opportunity to. And this week especially, I just I was kind of amazed at, at people that, they, that they'll say they're saved, but they don't really have a concept of eternal life. They'll say they're saved, but they don't know about going to heaven. And I want you to understand, that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about being saved, I'm talking about being eternally saved. I'm talking about being saved from your sin. And there's a lot of confusion as well as about when a person actually receives eternal life. In other words, when does it begin? Uh, is it received on this side of eternity? Or is it received on the other side of eternity? Uh, and, can, and, and the other one is a lot of people will say, well, can you really truly know? Uh, sometimes people say, preacher, does anybody really know that they're going to go to heaven? Uh, can one truly know they have received eternal life before they die? Can we really know that? Does, does, uh, think about this. Does, does it mean that we have to take our last breath here on earth hoping that we take our next one in heaven? I don't know about you, but I don't want to live that way, amen? And, and, so, and then there's, let's throw in the feeling factor feeling okay how big of a role does my feelings play what about when i don't feel saved and we'll talk about feelings a little bit more here in a moment but all these factors and there's several more we could talk about might leave some really wondering do i have eternal life will 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 i live forever someday with christ in that wonderful place that the bible describes as heaven and of course there's many sides to think about but but there's also another one that i want to throw in the mix as well there are some as i mentioned who do believe they have eternal life uh, they'll say they're saved but you ask them why they are going to heaven <laughs> and then you're liable to get all types of answers as to why they're going to heaven probably the biggest one around here and i'm not really sure why but one of the biggest responses that i get around here about eternal life is when I ask somebody when they're saved, almost immediately they'll say, well, I, when, I, when I was baptized, you know, at a certain time, and, you know, yeah, I got baptized. Although the Bible doesn't teach that. We'll look at some verses. Uh, I hear, well, my parents were Christians. I was brought up in church. I think it's good to be brought up in church. Another one, I was sharing with the guys, uh, some of the folks uh, uh, for Friday night discipleship class that, I was witnessing to a young lady who basically said she was going to heaven because she never sinned, ever. I was like, wow, let me get a picture of you. <laughs> uh, of course, we, we went to the Bible, and I think she understood. She didn't get saved, but, but it was close. I, I, I prayed for her. I was hoping they'd be at church today. But, but, but again, there, there's a lot of different ideas about all these things. And, and uh, again, it's, it's, it's real important that... You know, we understand there's some misconceptions and all of that, but I just simply want to ask you this morning, do you know that you have eternal life? Do you know? Is it 100% settled in your heart and in your mind? And so we're going to look at this question and kind of explore it. I don't know if it's the right word or not, different stages. Um, and, and the first one is, first of all, can we truly know that we have? In other words, is it possible for someone to know that they have eternal life? Well, to answer that question, we have to, first of all, answer this question. Do we believe that our Bible, in other words, the Word of God, uh, do we believe that it is true? Amen. I believe the Word of God is true, don't you? 
I believe that the word of God is the words of God. Okay, they, they are God's words, not ours. And so we believe that our Bible is the very word of God. Amen? Another question we might ask, would, we, would anybody dare call God a liar? No, I don't think anybody that's a reasonable thinking person. Hey, listen, if the word of God is the word of God, and we read something in there we don't understand or don't agree with, would we say that God is wrong and we are right? No, we wouldn't say that. I mean, you can, but obviously that's not true, right? So God's always right, uh, and everybody else is wrong. Let every other man be a liar, right? And so we go back to our question with that in mind. Can we truly know that we have eternal life? And our text this morning says that we are about 99.99% .99 sure that we can have eternal life. That's not what it says at all, is it? It says that you may, he says, I share these things with you to comfort you, Christian, that you may know that you have eternal life. Amen? And so I believe that's pretty plain. I, I believe that really takes care of, really, I mean, we could just shut the Bible, say amen, have invitation right there. Because God says you can. Okay? But we won't do that. We won't do that. Uh, we, we can hold on. There'll, there'll be plenty of fried chicken. Don't worry. So how do we know how have eternal life? We'll talk, we're going to really spend the next uh, whole rest of the message talking about this second part of answering this question. Now, to do that, I want you to go to the Gospel of John. You're looking at 1 John, but I want you to go to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. The Gospel of John, chapter 10. Very wonderful passage of Scripture. We're going to look at a couple of verses uh, throughout this chapter. The Gospel of John, chapter 10. The Gospel of John, chapter 10. And we'll, we'll read uh, some things here in just a moment. But I said earlier, many times we, we focus on feelings. And now I want you to understand, I, I'm not against feelings. I'm not, I'm not against emotions. As a matter of fact, I wish some of you would show a little more emotion. Amen. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm not against emotions uh, at all. I believe God gave us feelings. He gave us emotions. Uh, feelings can certainly indicate certain things. Uh, we're, we're not... We're not dismissing feelings and emotions. But again, let's be biblical. We're talking about being saved. And as far as I know, I've never read in the Bible where feelings are a determining factor for salvation. Belief is a determining factor, but not feelings. And now just bear with me. I know that might sound a little odd because we tend to connect the two. Uh, feelings are good. Um, Yet, how many times did something feel right, but it ended up being wrong? I'll raise my hand on that one. Amen. So, we've got to be careful with some things, amen. Feelings are good, yet we know feelings sometimes can hinder us. How many times have we not done something that we probably should have done, because at that moment I didn't feel like it. And sometimes we get the wrong feelings, don't we? So feelings, you know, we've got to be careful with that. What I'm saying is the truth about eternal life really goes beyond feelings. The doctrine of salvation even is not based on feelings. And, and I challenge you to try to find that in the Scriptures. So what is salvation based on? How can I know that I have eternal life? And I, again, that's a very important question. By first, as we've already talked about, we really need to hear what the Word of God says about it. Amen. Not some preacher, not some psychologist, not uh, anybody, but what, what, what saith the Word of God? And we know, too, that the Word of God is settled, the Bible says, forever in heaven. What I'm trying to get you to understand, you can trust what God says, amen? 
And I know the world may not agree, you may not agree, uh, but God is always right. So let's talk about this. Look at John chapter 10, verse 27. Again, how do we know we have eternal life? Notice what Jesus himself says. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And there it is again, and I will give unto them eternal life, and they shall probably not perish. Now, nah, that isn't what that says, is it? They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And we're not just basing this whole doctrine just on this one verse. There are plenty more, but I believe that's a great one to give us a word picture. John chapter 3, verse 36, you don't have to turn there. We might turn there a little bit later. But Jesus again himself, he that believeth on the Son, hath life, hath eternal life, I believe is how it says. That word hath means it's, it's a present uh, possession. Hath means you have right now eternal life. He that believeth on the Son has right now eternal life. That's what Jesus is saying. He goes on to say, He that believeth not hath not the Son, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So you have it right now. In John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus again, now listen, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, amen, and believe on him that sent me, there's that wonderful word, hath everlasting life, Jesus says, and shall not come into condemnation, but is past, you're past it already, it's, it's gone, it's, it's over with, but has passed from death, talking about spiritual death and spiritual life, has passed from death unto life. I don't see how it could be any plainer. Do you believe that the Bible is the word of God? Amen. Amen. Do you believe God would tell you a lie? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We can believe what God says. We can believe what God's Word says about eternal life. And again, it's not how we feel or what we might think at any given time. Another way we can know we have eternal life, uh, i tell you what, let's go ahead and turn there. John chapter 3. Let's flip back a few pages. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. We can also know, and, and this is a little more spiritual, it's, it's a little more... Uh, you, you know, you'll, you'll kind of have to do some, some thinking here and, 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 some, and, and believing in, in some things here. Uh, you know, I'm kind of a cut and, you know, cut and dry guy. I like black and white. You know, I'm, I, I tell you what, folks, if God just says something, I'm settled. That's good. That's good enough for me, amen. But there are some other things, too, that we can listen to, again, that if we're saved, that, that we, can, we can use to help us to know that we have eternal life. And uh, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit witnesses in our heart. John chapter 3, we have Jesus talking to Nicodemus about what it is to be born again. And so often, and, and certainly John 3.16, probably the most popular verse in Scripture, but there's so much uh, before and after that verse that we really need to take into consider that, that are just as powerful. And the, we, the second way we can know we have eternal life is the Holy Spirit witnesses it in our heart. And I want to explain that. John chapter 3, look at verse uh, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, that's Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So Nicodemus was looking at this in a physical way, not in a spiritual way. 
Jesus answered in verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, that word water, a couple different thinkings there, could just mean the natural birth, could be true. I kind of lean toward this second one, speaking about the word of God. It's a reference into the Bible. Born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, these folks that think you can go to heaven many different roads and go to heaven however you want to, that's not true. It has to be seen uh, what the Bible teaches about salvation. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit, that capital S referring to the Holy Spirit of God, is spirit, and that is our spirit that's made alive when we are saved. So, the Holy Spirit witnesses in our heart. Romans 8 9 tells us, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So much, so much for these that teach you've got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and all those types of things. Hey, if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God, you're not saved to begin with. Amen? So, I'm not going to take time to develop this all the way, but only to say that the, that, that the Holy Spirit leads Christians to do things which brings Christ honor and glory. Now, I say that because of this. Um, uh, I know sometimes we're providentially hindered, but I sure hate some of you didn't come to revival because that was really the theme of our whole revival, was it not? It was about dying to self and yielding to God, that is, yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. And we heard some great messages on how uh, to do that. You can get on our website and listen to those by Brother Epley. And so again, we're talking about being led of the Spirit. Those indwell with the Holy Spirit, remember, he didn't preach through all of them, but he talked about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace. He got through those. But there's also long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And boy, don't we need a lot of that in our lives today, amen? And you say, well, preacher, now wait a minute. You just said it has nothing to do with feelings. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Are those not, those are feelings, right? No, those aren't feelings. That's fruit. That's a result. Uh, there's a difference. Uh, that's a result of being indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Simply, I'm talking about being saved. You see, Christians don't, I don't know about you, but I don't always feel right. Do you? I mean, there's some days, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm just, hey, I'm excited and, and just eager to witness and, and got a little pep in my step and, and uh, just uh, a song on my heart and and uh, you say, praise the Lord, as long as it don't get to your lips, we're good. But, but, but you know, a song on my heart, and, and just uh, God is just blessing, and, and just happy in the Lord. Do you ever have one of those days? That's awesome, isn't it? But I don't always have those days. How about you? Sometimes I, you know, sometimes things just aren't going, you know, I just, I, and it's me, amen. Sometimes things just, just uh, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not where I need to be and what I need uh, to be. Uh, who God wants me to have him, me to be, so I don't always feel right, but I should always want to do right. Amen? Amen? That's the difference, folks. In other words, I'm not satisfied with that. And the Holy Spirit reminds us of a lot of things, but the Holy Spirit reminds us of eternal life. Especially when our, when, when, uh, our feelings are telling us one thing. Listen, the Holy Spirit will always, always override the flesh. Amen? And we, when that happens, we can know that we have eternal life. We can know that we have eternal life, not because of how I feel, uh, but because of what God tells me. And I know I can have eternal life because of what the Word of God says. I can know that I have eternal life because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. 
So I ask again, how about you this morning? Not trying to get people that are saved to doubt you. If you know you're saved, praise the Lord. But there may be some here today that, that are not sure. Uh, do, do you know that you have eternal life? Do you believe what the Word of God says about it? I hope that you do. And I wanted to give a, few, a couple of examples of some salvation experiences. One, uh, not a true salvation experience. One was a true salvation experience. And they're both found in the Bible. Always remember that the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. Amen. You've got to be careful about... Uh, there's a lot of books I read, but at the end of the day, they're written by man. We always want to compare Scripture with Scripture. I believe the Bible explains itself, and, and uh, in it we find uh, some true conversions here. One of my favorite, let's go ahead and turn there. Go ahead and turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 8. Uh, we're going to be looking at some Scriptures this morning. I know I don't always turn to this many, but God just kind of led me in a different way today. Acts chapter 8, we're going to be looking at the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, that was saved, and uh, this was a salvation that took place uh, uh, over 2,000 years ago, I guess. But it's the same way that people are saved today. In uh, Acts chapter 8, look at verse 26. Verse 26, we find here the deacon, really by this time the evangelist Philip. Verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south. Now remember, there's persecution in the church, and and uh, so it's pushing people out, but the gospel's being spread, amen. Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, uh, which is desert, it's a wilderness. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority uh, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. So we have here a man that was a Gentile, but he was practicing Judaism. He was religious. Verse 28 says, Was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Esaias, that we know that to be the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, that is the Holy Spirit of God, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. So Philip goes on down there. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him, the Ethiopian was reading out loud, heard him read the prophet Esaias, we know that to be the prophet Isaiah, and he said, Philip said to this Ethiopian, Understandest thou what thou readest? Hey, what you reading there? Do you know what it means? Verse 31, I think is a very important verse. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? In other words, I need some help with this. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Now notice, this is all about the word of God up to this point. The place, uh, verse 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led. So he begins to quote scripture from the book of Isaiah. We know it to be from the book of Isaiah chapter 53. But he says uh, there that the place of the scripture which he read was this. And this is talking about Jesus Christ who at that time when it was said had not come yet. So this was prophesied. But speaking of Christ, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. That's talking about Jesus going to the cross and paying the sin of the world. Verse 33, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? Still talking from the book of Isaiah. For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or some other man? In other words, who, who, who wrote this? Who, who, is this about the person writing it? Is this about something else? I, I want to know. 
And then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, praise God, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, now listen, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Now notice what Philip said. Here's what you need to do if you want to get baptized, brother. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Belief and then baptism, amen? Yeah, hey, I tell you what, that's good. We just need to stick with the Bible, amen? Uh, said, uh, let's see here, uh, verse 37, Philip said, If thou believest all thy heart, thou mayest. And he, the Ethiopian eunuch, answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down into the water. They didn't walk into a little basin, amen, they wouldn't fit. They walked down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Something amazing that happened when they were come up out of the water of the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. But notice what the Ethiopian did. And the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way. Look at that wonderful word, rejoicing. Boy, what a, that's why this is one of my favorite uh, 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 salvation uh, stories in the Bible. So here we have uh, a salvation, uh, a man being saved through faith and the grace of God, just like we're saved today. And after he believed, after he received eternal life, he was baptized. And Philip, a believer who, who was already saved, possessed eternal life, led by the Holy Spirit of God, was led to witness to this religious man. He was religious, but he was lost. And he's returning from, as I said, practicing Judaism because he went there to worship, so we can assume that pretty confidently. And this man, no doubt, had religion, probably was a good man, but he knew there was something in his heart that was empty. There was something within his soul that was wanting, amen? And the man desired salvation. And, of course, kind of being a, somewhat of a legalistic uh, view, he said, well, uh, hey, what do I need to be baptized? And Philip said, well, the first thing you need to do is you have to believe, amen, with all your heart. And the eunuch said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he is the one that you've been talking to me about, Philip. And I don't believe they, uh, the Spirit of God led everything to be said that Philip said to him. But he was then baptized because he was saved. He wasn't baptized to be saved, but he was baptized because he was saved. And he went away rejoicing in receiving the, this eternal life through faith in the grace of God. Now, again, he believed in his heart. Now let's look at somebody else in uh, Acts chapter 8 that actually happened before this, before this instance. Uh, we also have a, uh, another instance about somebody that even said they believed, but there were some problems. So look at somebody who believed but not believed in their heart. And this is uh, uh, something that's a little different. In other words, let me just kind of frame this for you, and we'll read it. There, there was this superficial, there was this shallow belief. Remember the parable on the sower. This man uh, had a shallow belief, an intellectual belief. It was a feeling uh, that he had. It was a belief based on feelings. And we know this man's name would be Simon. We're not talking about Simon Peter, but we're talking about Simon who is recognized as a sorcerer a type of fortune teller or magician, and it appears that he may have actually had some type of demonic power as well. 
But it so happened, again, that Philip, this was before the uh, salvation of the Ethiopian eunuch, but it so happened that the evangelist Philip was, was in that area, that town, preaching the gospel. And many were being saved. And things were going so well that Peter and John, they come and join Philip. And this was a special time. Now, we need to be careful with some things. In the early church, what we might call the apostolic age, there was a special time in the early church when we call apostolic gifts and signs were taking place. Uh, we don't believe those things are going on today because um, the Holy Spirit uh, certainly has a lot to do with that. But mainly, we have a whole canon of Scripture. Amen. We have, we have the Word of God. Uh, those confirmatory signs are no longer needed because we have the Word of God. And there's some other reasons as well. Maybe we'll take time to explore that sometime. But certainly a special time in the early church. And, and, and Simon, he, he went to a meeting and saw these wonderful things. Simon the sorcerer, he's seeing some things. And he saw people receiving the Holy Ghost. And, and in that day, uh, especially when, when it was believing Jews that got saved, there would be these wonderful confirmatory signs that would take place. And boy, that got Simon excited. He liked that. And he saw a lot of wonderful things. He saw people receiving the Holy Ghost. And he believed because he witnessed the change. He knew there was something different about that person. And he believed something was happening. Something concerning God was happening. And we see that there in verse 13. I got carried away preaching and didn't read the text. Acts chapter 8, verse 13. It says, Then Simon himself believed also, and he was baptized. He continued with Philip uh, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. He believed what he saw. There was no doubt that something was going on. And if we stopped there, we'd say, Well, there's a man that went to heaven, but we always got to read the Bible. Amen. Can't just take one verse out. Got to read the whole thing. And we soon, we soon realized that Simon did not believe in his heart. And we don't have to assume that. We see it in the Word of God. Verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. Now remember, there were some things in the early church that we don't see today. He offered them money. There's a red flag, right? He said, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Old Simon just wasn't getting it, was he? Old Simon was in the flesh. Old Simon was still carnal. Simon wasn't seeing it the way he needed to see it. Praise the Lord, he just wasn't getting it. Uh, saying, again, give me those. But notice what Peter said. He says, Peter said unto him, verse 20, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this manner. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God perhaps that the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. So we have here a shallow intellectual belief that was based on feelings, and I believe based on a bunch of selfishness and power grabbing and those types of things now here's the thing Simon like so many people today they go to church they make professions of faith they get baptized but Peter said Simon you've done all that but your heart's not right with God Simon you're lost Simon you do not have eternal life 
And as I think about folks, as I mentioned, visiting with folks and talking to folks, and I have to wonder how many Simons, if you will, are out there today, and only God knows. I can't assume anything. I don't know people's hearts. But I do know we have an example of how it could be, and I believe we'd all have to be honest. We may not know specifically who it is, but we can be rest assured there are Simons out there today. They have made, if you will, a head decision for Christ, not a heart decision for Christ. They know their neighbor how they used to be. They go to this church, they went down, they got saved, and they believe there is a change in their life. They believe that. And it's a shame that they too will not do what needs to be done to be saved. It all comes down to belief. And I wonder sometimes those that doubt their salvation, maybe that's why. Maybe they doubt their salvation because it's just a superficial, shallow belief based on some emotion, based on some some things maybe to be rescued from from the circumstances of my sin instead of being saved from sin itself. Maybe that's why you wonder if you really have eternal life even right now. And it could be there are those out there that, 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 that are, you know, you ever wonder why people seem to be indifferent and bored about the things of God? Uh, you could get up here and talk about somebody being saved, and you might as well tell them that you killed your dog last night. They get the same reaction. Matter of fact, they might get more upset their dog being killed than they would be somebody dying going to hell today, right? And we wonder, where does that come from? Rebellious to the truth of God? No bearing of spiritual fruit? It could be that you don't have eternal life. You've believed some things. You believe of His existence. You believe of His power. Of course there's a God. But that don't mean you're saved. And I believe that God is constantly crying. And and this is why preachers need to preach. And this is why, listen, Christian, you need to get out there and live the Christian life. Because God is trying to tell people, hey, listen, you need to to be saved. As he told Simon, repent of the wickedness and receive forgiveness. Believe in thine heart and thou shalt be saved, as he told the Ethiopian eunuch. So I ask yet again, and it's not me asking, but it's God that's asking. Do you know that you have eternal life? Do you believe what the Word of God says about eternal life? And I hope that you do. And I'm almost done. Now here's the the amazing thing about all this. Is that Jesus Christ died on a cross. Now listen to me. In your place. Forget about, He died for the world, but for right now, I want you to understand that he died on the cross in your place. Just let that sink in for just a second. He died for you. That's amazing. The Son of God, who lived this life some 33 years, who never sinned, not only in body, but not even in mind or heart, lived the perfect life, and we all know we can't do that, right? but yet he took my place. I hope we never get over that if you're saved. And he took your place, and not only did he die on that cross, and he did die, amen, and he was buried, and he rose the third day. And that's what that Ethiopian eunuch understood. And you believe he is the Son of God through simple faith in that grace of God, and you call upon the name of the Lord, 
When I see the blood, God now sees you at this very moment justified. Saved from the penalty of sin. Do you know that you have eternal life? Remember what the Word of God says. Remember what we've talked about. By the way, you say, well, preacher, boy, there's just so many things in my life that just aren't good. Well, welcome to the crowd, amen? Hey, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> hey, praise the Lord. We could preach on that. Let me just say there's a difference between being justified. That happens immediately and being sanctified. Sanctification is a process. Someday we will be glorified, but that won't happen until we get to heaven. But I want you to understand if you're saved this morning, he sees you, he sees you justified, sanctified, and glorified even right now. And that's shouting ground. He sees you this very moment as what you're going to be someday in heaven. And praise the Lord, he doesn't see you as you are right now. And that's something that just blows my mind and convicts my heart a little. He looks upon us through the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ, his son. And again, he sees us for what we're going to be someday. So very simply, do you know that you have eternal life this morning? Please don't leave here not knowing, not having it nailed down. Not a, I'm not asking if you know in your mind. I'm not asking you if you, like Simon, you have this intellectual thing. And Hey, listen, but you have believed just as the Ethiopian eunuch believed. You've believed in your heart. Do you know that you have eternal life? And if you don't, we're going to give the invitation here just very shortly. And you can come and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and have eternal life. That means forever. You get it on this side of eternity, not the other. Hey, listen. If you're struggling in this world with fear and doubt and anxiety, you need to be saved, amen? You need to be saved. And, and if you're saved and still struggle with those things, you just need to remember that you're saved, amen? God wins. God wins. And if you're on his team, that means you win as well. Are you saved? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Brother Brad's just going to play some music.